Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. King Slime is a production of iHeart Podcasts and Heirloom Media. This is the law of the jungle. As old and as true as the sky. We investigated many incidents that were um, determined to be related to the gang's activities, actual criminal activity, criminal behavior um, by the gang. And the wolf that shall keep it may prosper. But the wolf that shall break it must die. If he could ever make it as a musical artist and help his family, himself, and his many others out of this endless cycle of hopelessness, he would be truly humble under God. That's what thug means. As the creeper that girdles the tree trunk, the law running forward and back. You'll see a car zoom down McDaniel Street towards Northside Drive on that January 9th. And it appears from the video that you will see that an individual starts shooting out of the sunroof in the direction of Donovan Thomas and others. And you'll see that surveillance video for what it is and what it isn't. But the strength of the pack is the wolf. And the strength of the wolf is the path. Do members of YSL call Jeffrey Williams King Slime? Yes.
George Chidi. And I'm Christina Lee. And this is King Slime. The prosecution of Young Thug and YSL. Now that the jury has been seated and the YSL trial is well underway, we're changing up the format a bit. This time we're going to be analyzing the proceedings as they unfold in a lively discussion. And it will be lively. So we'll use our knowledge of the case and what we've gathered in the production of our limited series to add context, insight, because we're smart. Look, we're joined by our executive producer, Tommy Andres, who will help to moderate our conversations. Yeah, thank you guys very much. This is fun, right? We'll dive right in because the thing about this first episode is we have tons of ground to cover. Yeah. Because the, the jury's been seated for a while now. We've obviously touched on some of this stuff in our limited series, but we've got lots to talk about today. Now, George, you've spent a lot of time in the courtroom for this, obviously, and you've also covered lots of murder trials in the past. How is this trial different so far from what you've seen? So it's nuts. It's just, I mean, it's it's easy to say like, oh, it's bonkers, but it is unlike like any murder trial I've seen, and it's unlike other RICO cases, frankly, Um, because there are a lot of defendants and a lot of lawyers, and they're all pulling for in in six different directions all at once. Um, And so it bogs everything down and everything takes longer. Like there's an ensemble performance around every witness, and we're seeing that right now with Trontavia Stevens, that's Tick, um, who's uh, one of the folks who's a defendant, um, who cut a deal, made a plea, and has to testify, and it's excruciating (laughs) to watch. Um, And if he's taken two weeks, and he's one guy, and they've got 400 witnesses. Prosecution, you mean? Correct. I don't know when this is going to end. Nobody in that courtroom knows when this is going to be over. So, Christina, what are some of your broader impressions watching this trial? Well, in my non-expert opinion, this is, to verify what George is saying, taking forever. Um, And the scope of it, I think, is what's really overwhelming me the most because somehow over the course of a couple weeks, I've heard LeBron James's name mentioned twice. Do you know who LeBron James is? Yes. Who is, tell the ladies and gentlemen, jury, who LeBron James is? Uh, NBA player. Okay. And have you seen him do the wiping of the nose and say slime? No. Okay. And there's good reason why people might be asking, why are we hearing about LeBron James in a court case that concerns Atlanta? But I am completely overwhelmed. And um, I need a show like this to really help (laughs) wrap my mind around what the hell is going on. Yeah, I mean, we touched on the opening statements a little bit in our limited series, and uh, we got to play a little, a couple clips from those, but there's so much more to talk about, really, with those opening statements. So what do you think we learned from both sides? And I'll start with you, George. So one of the things that came out, I mean, I spent years, like better than a year looking at this case, had no idea that the cops had tape of the Donovan Thomas murder. Like there's surveillance video of the drive-by. The case, the shooting of Donovan Thomas, was caught on surveillance video. Now, I'm not going to suggest that it's the highest quality surveillance video, but it was caught on surveillance video. And you'll be able to watch the surveillance video. And I'm look, as soon as I heard that, I'm like, well, why the heck didn't they, how, why did this take seven years to come to a, to to a trial. And it turns out it's 
they had an early witness, or so they thought, um, who was lying to them. And it derailed their initial investigation and prosecution. These are all things that we've been waiting for for years to come out. And now finally it starts to hit in the opening in the opening statements. And we learned about that from Max Shart, right? Who's Shannon Stilwell's defense attorney, who's right. been in our show a bunch. Shannon Stilwell is one of the people who's accused of killing Donovan Thomas. And the police have long suspected him of being the shooter. Um, he's accused of that murder and another murder. And so Max Shart, more than maybe even Brian Steele, is, you know, has to get on the bicycle and, and roll like through this whole thing, like if they prove that murder, they've got a bunch of other stuff that everybody basically goes down, like because that is a clear gang crime. Um, so Shark is like a constant presence and is constantly talking about, like, no, this part piece of evidence is bad. Oh, this videotape, well, that's like this. Oh, this witness was bad. Oh, the fact that there was an ankle monitor on my guy that puts him at the scene of one of these murders. We could discount that. These are the reasons why. And I'm still listening to this. Like, they had this much evidence? Like, what? So. Yeah, and Christina, what did you think about the opening statements? At least on the defense side, it was, to an extent, it was what I expected, right? Which is that Brian Steele, Young Thug's lawyer, was going to uh, portray his client as a really hardworking, up-and-coming musician out of Cleveland Avenue and somebody who, frankly, is too famous to concern himself with anything involving, like, a criminal street gang. Jeffrey Williams is a Grammy Award winner. He is not sitting there telling people to kill people. He doesn't need their money. Jeffrey's worth tens of millions of dollars. So that much I expected. I guess what I didn't expect was to learn that the thug in Young Thug is an acronym and that it stands for truly humble under God. Thug meant and means to Jeffrey something very personal. It was his path. If he could ever make it as a musical artist and help his family himself and his many others out of this endless cycle of hopelessness, he would be truly humble under God. That's what thug means. This really made rounds on the internet, too. I mean, lots of people were kind of chiming in on social media about Not that face, George. About this. <laughs> oh, no, this face. Every time somebody says this truly humble under God thing, like, you just need a, like, this needs to be, like, Bert in that gif where he's just staring at you like he's going to kill you. Like, uh-huh. no, nobody believes, I don't look. People, there are people in this world who will believe this. I don't know those people. Please introduce me to those people. Listen, it was surprising because during his opening statements, Brian Steele essentially says that Young Thug has two artistic influences. And Jeffrey studied two rap artists particularly. He idolized a gentleman named Dwayne Carter. His performing name is Little Wayne. Jeffrey also idolized Tupac. One being Lil Wayne, which was apparent from the moment that he started rapping, essentially. The other, though, being less obvious, and that was Tupac. So Tupac had 
um, the words thug life tattooed across his abdomen, but he never meant for that to be taken literally. It was always supposed to be a statement that stood for the hate you give little infants fucks everybody. So what Brian Steele was saying was that Young Thug took influence from that and said that the thug in Young Thug was going to stand for that much more. However, I feel like even for the biggest Young Thug fans, that was news to them. Like, as I'm listening to this, I'm going, like, one, who's the audience for this this statement? Mm. Like, because, like, it doesn't matter whether or not I believe it. Sure. I'm a cynic. I think everybody's lying to me all the time. Like, the question is whether or not 12 jurors and four alternates hearing that will go, mm, it's plausible. Like, and I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, they're also supposed to answer questions, you know, as they were being selected about how aware they were even about rap music, Young Thug, or whatever. So, I mean, wouldn't that mean that this would all be news to them, essentially? I guess. I mean, there are nine black jurors on that. And not that you make presumptions about people's musical tastes, but there are nine black jurors you know, in Atlanta. Like, I would expect them to have sort of a baseline understanding. Not so much about Young Thug. Look, I'm 50 years old. I've said this a lot. If it's post-Wu-Tang Clan, I need help. But, but... You know, it's Tupac. I mean, if you're a 50-year-old, you know what Tupac's about. Sure. Like, and so this idea that, you know, he's drawing from Tupac in this specific way, like, all of a sudden, the introduction of lyrics into a case starts to make sense. From their perspective, it's like, oh, really? That's what that was about? Show me. Mm. Like, at which point... Both the prosecution and the defense are going to be like, okay, well, he said this and this and this in his lyrics because he made this statement, like, this is what his music's about. Here we go. We'll be back after the break. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why GameBridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again, a paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity, and it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. GameBridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Please visit GameBridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. 
When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Well, I will say his sister back in December of 2022 did tweet out this very thing that truly humble under God is what uh, what Thug was meant to imply. That's where he got his name from. So there was some precedent for that, but whether she, I mean, he'd already been arrested at that point. So whether she was sort of laying the groundwork for this idea that they were going to put in court is interesting. So when I heard it, I was like, oh, I remember, I think Dora was the sister that said it uh, in a tweet. I remember she had tweeted that at some point because we were keeping tabs on everything. And so it was interesting to see that pop back up in court, I think, with uh, with Brian Steele saying it. I mean, on some level, I get what he's trying to do here. Like, it's he wants to make this case about Young Thug's fame. Like, Young Thug is, why would Young Thug burn his career for this stuff? Well, it's about fame and also just how prevalent gang culture is in pop music culture to the point where it's like, can you take every signifier in every hip-hop context, literally. I think he's trying to cast a shadow of doubt there. Yeah. And in that regard, I think he's doing his, the best job you could do. So opening statements began uh, right after Thanksgiving. So we've been going for a little while here. We talked about some witnesses already, Trontavia Stevens. We'll get back to him in a minute. But tell me about some of the earliest witnesses we saw. Basically, it started out with a parade of police officers, right? Starting with Mark Belknap. Mark Belknap is sort of generally understood as like the prime gang investigator for the APD, but also generally in the state. He sits on the board of the Georgia Gang Investigators Association, lectures across the state on this stuff, is an expert witness in a bunch of different trials, it would actually be weird for them to not bring Belknap in to start this thing um, because he knows more about, like, broad gang culture and gang activity and gang members. Like, he can go and talk to actual gang members and say, is this real? And they'll say, yeah, that's, no, that's not. This guy's a, that's a fake. Like, that's his job. And so Belknap's there and he's sort of laying out the history. Like, this is what we know of Rock Crew. Raison Cleveland was one of the earliest of those gangs that I told you earlier called hybrid gangs. Um, they were a local group, obviously raised on Cleveland. They're saying we were all from Cleveland Avenue area. They're all from that area. Um, but we began seeing them and observing them, picking up the identifiers we would traditionally associate with gangs that are associated with the Bloods. They started wearing red bandanas. They started using the number five, um, including in five-point stars. Uh, they started using their own hand sign. And then taking that through 30 deep to YSL, at least from the police perspective. Like, the thing is, 
this is the police perspective. Like the whole point of a trial is for defense attorneys to go, well, that's not actually how that works. Right, right, right. And we heard a lot of this actually during the making of our show when um, we talked with investigator Kimberly Underwood. He was a young thug when I met him. He was Jeffrey Williams. (laughs) He was a part of a hybrid game, Rock Crew. I think there was some parallels there where she talked about how initially Rock Crew were getting in, were, you know, stealing from ATMs and all that. Back back when I started the investigations, we had a lot of um, ATM thefts around the Cleveland Avenue neighborhood. We knew for a fact that Rock Crew were involved. And it's rumors that, you know, they used the proceeds from the actual ATM theft to get into the studio and blow up. So it's it, like you say that the criminal activity starts and then they build their way up. And that how that actually became the precedent for what we know now as like YSL, the purported record label. Because you have to put money into the studios to actually, you know, become rappers. And then after that, uh, there's just a bunch of different police officers. Like we're talking about beat cops from Zone 3, that's South Atlanta, mm-hmm. who had arrested this guy or that guy or the other guy. Because they're, the, the job of the prosecution at this point is to prove the gang case on top of the RICO thing. Like, and to do that, you've got to prove that YSL was an illegal street gang. It's perfectly legal to belong to a gang, a street gang. But if, they're, if the gang is about committing crimes, then it's illegal. Like, and then you have to prove that the person is a member of that gang. And then you have to prove that that person committed a crime, which counts under the gang statute and would have been furthering the interests of the gang. Like, and so they've got to first show, like, well, here are all the crimes that we, and big crimes and little crimes. Like, everything from the murder case to, like, a criminal trespass because you're on a hoverboard. Right. <laughs> yeah. Actually, let's talk about that one in particular because we, we talked about this, I think, in the in the podcast, this small crime that was pegged on Young Thug early. What, what do you think, Christina? Can we talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to bring this incident back up in the context of the indictment because I think in the grander scheme of Young Thug's career now, it's almost kind of a footnote. I think I actually did have to jog my memory a little bit as to, like, what actually happened there. But the incident that we're talking about is what happened at Perimeter Mall when a mall security guard, yeah, like, approached Young Thug, who was riding on a hoverboard in the mall when he wasn't supposed to. And then, like, in the midst of all that, as they're trying to settle things, Young Thug essentially said, I'm going to shoot you in the face. So it's not clear it was actually Young Thug who said that. It was somebody in the car. Right. But what's interesting is that even if— who said that wasn't clear. At the time, because Young Thug is coming up as a hip-hop artist and getting profiled in the likes of New York Times and GQ, it actually kind of becomes part of his lore. At the time, it was helping to illustrate Young Thug as like Atlanta hip-hop's new bad boy. But in the grander scheme of things, of course, you know, he's been on SNL, he sold number one albums, he has artists like under his tutelage. And so to then see the mall security guard take the wit- or take the stand was really interesting because it, especially for those who have been following Young Thug's career, it's like, oh, we're going to go that far back. We're going, we're examining the full, essentially the full extent of Young Thug's career as we know it, because this incident occurred in, what, 2014, 2015? And there was a particularly difficult witness to watch, right? I mean, this is a man that had suffered a stroke. Yeah, apparently last year. And so, like, they didn't show his face. 
by the way. Like, you had to be in court to see him. Um, and, I mean, the stroke was apparent, both in, like, how he was speaking and what his appearance was like. And he couldn't remember much. Like, he's looking through the paperwork, and he's like, I don't actually remember signing this. I don't remember providing this statement at all. I don't remember looking at this. I don't remember. Prosecution had to know he was going to be a hard, hard witness. Like, but they put him on anyway because that they needed him in order to authenticate the document, and they did it the best way they, they could. It shows that they're throwing spaghetti at the wall, whatever they've got, everything they've got. Like, because if you could omit something, you would omit that. Um, in order to say, this is a gang, these are gang things. Like, and I, especially with that one, you got to start asking questions about, I, if I'm the juror, jury, I'm asking questions about, like, what are you calling gang crimes? Yeah. So the next witness, uh, notable witness that we'll talk about today is Trontavia Stevens, who we brought up earlier. Trontavia Stevens. T-R-O-N-T-A-V-I-O-U-S-S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S. Good morning, Mr. Stevens. Good morning. How are you? I'm okay. Now, he made a deal, as you mentioned, to testify in this trial for more lenient sentence and now is compelled to testify by this deal. Right. So, you know, obviously what Max Sharp would say about him and has said about these witnesses in general is that, you know, hey, these guys made deals to save their own skin. They can't be trusted. So Trontavius Stephen has to earn the trust in order to be a good witness for the prosecution. So tell me a bit about what you saw from Trontavius Stevens. Trontavius Stevens is tap dancing as best he can. He is ice skating on thin ice. He is in trouble still. Like, only it's not just the prosecution, it's the street. So his deal says you, he must testify when called. He must testify that YSL is a street gang that is an illegal street gang, that it committed crimes, that these are the crimes, and that these are the members. And he's said he's a, he's a founder of YSL, so he's somebody who they say will be able to say who was actually a legitimate YSL gang member. Like, those were the terms of his deal. And if he doesn't perform, he goes to prison for eight years. Um, problem is, if he does perform, the street says, you're a snitch. And, like, if there are other YSL guys who want to hurt him, they can get to him. So he's sitting there trying to fulfill the terms of his deal without getting himself killed. Like, and I'm just going to say, like, I think that that is something that he is thinking about every time he opens his mouth. And it's why it takes him 10 seconds to answer a question. Because mm -hmm. he's like, what is the, what is the answer I could give that, that creates the least amount of risk? Do you recall answering to the jury that the record label was positivity? Yeah. And that the gang was negative. Yes. And is Young Slime like the gang the entity, the thing that you were one of the founding members of? No, I was founding of the music. You, you were a founding member of the So I committed crimes while being a part of 
so Yes. Yes. Why I say? I'm asking you about young slide mic today. I'm I'm trying to answer the question. Okay. I'm asking you about young slide mic today. So I committed crimes by being a part of YSL. So by me committing crimes by being a part of YSL. That was basis to say that YSL was a game. Technically, he fulfilled his part of the argument, but like you said, George, like it's on a technicality, right? Because I think when I was reading the news, I got the impression that he just got up to the stand and said, you, you, and you, you're all part of YSL. But it even took a little bit more coaxing to get him to that point, right? It took him three days. Like the prosecutors had three days before he would actually say that straight up. Which of these defendants in this courtroom right now are members of YSL Young Slime Life, the gang? All of them. And by all of them, would you please call them by name? Quay, Rod, Other Quay, Thug, SB, and yet. You said Thug, so you do call Jeffrey Williams Thug? Yeah. Do members of YSL call Jeffrey Williams King's Line? Yes. They did get him to say it, though, which is meaningful. I mean, yeah. it's it's in line with the Gunna stuff, and that's why everybody says that the Gunna deal was so important was because he had to say yeah. YSL is a gang, which is one of the things that you were talking about that they have to prove here. More on the way. Stay with us. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why GameBridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again, a paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity, and it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. GameBridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Please visit GameBridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. 
When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. I mean, straight up, like, Gunnar's going to have to go through this. If he gets called, it's the same deal. Like, he's got the same deal Gunnar's got. Like, and so the whole snitching conversation around Gunnar has not ended because we're getting a, a, a bird's-eye view of what that's going to look like. Mm. What do you think about Trontavious Stevens? I think it was hard— even beyond that perspective, it seemed really hard to get a straight answer from him. And it seemed like for all that he was being asked to talk about, even during the cross-examination, it was, um, to put it most generously, it didn't seem like he had the best of memory or like in any case, or like you said, George, maybe he is being squarely on purpose, right? So he's trying to answer the question, but only from a technical standpoint and trying to answer it in the least, using the least amount of effort possible. Um, it was interesting because, yeah, on the prosecution side, you have him speaking to affirming that, yes, like YSL was a gang, I'm an admitted co-founder, da-da-da-da-da. But on the other side of things, you know, Brian Steele is essentially trying to establish that as a co-founder of YSL, you were also playing a part in establishing YSL as a record label. And what is your role in that? What did you witness in that? And so that's how you get to a line of questioning where Tick is being asked by Brian Steele, do you know who Serena Williams is? Do you know who Serena Williams is? Yes. Have you seen her at Wimbledon doing what's called a crip walk? And did you see her do the crip walk that one time as a victory dance? You know, just to speak to the prevalence of gang culture and how it's celebrated in pop culture. And that's why you have Tick being up here at the Fulton County Courthouse on record saying, like, I don't watch tennis. I don't watch tennis. Okay. <laughs> that's what we've come to. Now in this trial, George and Tommy. Yeah, which got a, a little bit of a giggle. You can actually hear people chuckle a little bit <laughs> at that line in the courtroom. <laughs> like, the whole trial is sort of skating on the edge of the absurd. Like, there are absurd moments. Like, I mean, and we've chronicled a lot of them over the course of this, like our previous reporting and through the through the podcast. But, mm -hmm. like, every every day there's something that, like, we live in a universe where— Lifestyles has to be played in court as a as evidence of some sort. Like, like this this one. I, mm. That is another moment that went viral. And that was without the jury. In, that was without in, the jury. Right? Why were they trying to use lifestyle in court, Christina? So Brian Steele wanted to present lifestyle in full because, again, what during the cross-examination of Tick, um, essentially Brian Steele wanted to establish that lifestyle was becoming a major hit 
in the same time period that some of the social media posts cited in the indictment was actually taking place. And so he wanted to play the music video to give greater context to why Young Thug might be wearing a rich gang label or a rich gang hoodie or like um, why... Yeah, or like why he might be wearing the color red in this instance when the color red is also being worn pretty prominently in the music video, right? Um, so essentially, like, prosecution and defense are arguing over whether to play this video or not. They play it in full, and that's that was a clip that went viral. But in the end of it all, Judge Glanville ultimately decides that, like, listen, based on how um, this cross-examination with Tick is going so far— Maybe he's not the best witness to speak to the overall intents of what is happening around here. Basically, Judge Glambo was like, you either got to bring in Rich Homie Kwan, who was with Rich Gang, you know, at the time that Lifestyle is being made and turning into this big hit, or you got to bring in Birdman, the architect of this whole thing. Two of the 700 witnesses that are on the list, but probably the two most relevant <laughs> to that particular piece of evidence. We talked about how long this is taking, like with Trontavia Stevens, right? So he was on for five full days, and then they took a break for Martin Luther King week. That week was off. And so now we're back, and he's on the stand again this week. I saw a lot of social media chatter about people being like, is this the trial's only witness because he's taking so long? And part of the reason for this is because you have six defendants, each of the lawyers gets a chance to cross-examine the witness. I just wonder... The length of this thing, who is this impacting more, the prosecution or the defense, do you think, George? It's hard to tell, like, in part because I'm trying to put myself in the— trying to be try to think of yourself as a juror who's gone—like, you're already months into this thing. Like, your life is disrupted. And every time you see some lengthy, oh, my God, they're still interviewing him. Oh, my God, there's there's a cross-examined. Oh, there's another guy cross-examined. Oh, we've gone three weeks on one witness. They've got how many witnesses? Like, on some level, you got to wonder how many of them are like, just get me out of here. Even a three- to four-minute music video felt like ages in that context. They're playing lifestyle from beginning to end. They're trying to get Push and P to play. Like, there's some technical difficulties there. They're waiting for the video to buffer. And then they finally get to play it in full. And I was like, this is my entire life flashing before my eyes, you guys. I heard Glanville ask if the jury wanted a break at one point after something, and they were you could hear, like, yes. Like, I mean, there was, like, <laughs> no. seriously, there were, I mean, there's some exasperating, uh, and I do wonder, it, it feels like this works against the prosecution to me because they're the ones, they're the reason we're all here, right? They're the reason everyone's in the courtroom is they brought these charges against them. They have the burden of proof. And so I'm when I think of, like, what a juror would be thinking in that seat. Like, if I'm in that seat, I'm like, God, this is taking so long. And I kind of, you know, who, who's, who's conducting the orchestra, right? Yeah. One of the other things here is the likelihood of a mistrial. And, and it's more than just the potential for misconduct. Like, you got a bunch of folks who are 50, 60, maybe 70 years old on the, on the jury. Any of them get COVID and they have to be out for a week. Either you stop the trial for a week or you knock that juror off the trial. You got 12 jurors and four alternates, which means you can lose four. When you lose five, you're done. You have to start over. Oh, goodness gracious. Can you imagine? That's yeah, that true. was their that was their homework assignment during the MLK week. They're like, you know, make sure you're up to date on all your vaccines and don't talk to anybody about this ever. 
okay? <laughs> we can't start over. Yeah, I mean, a mistrial is an absolute nightmare. And we saw some close calls early in the trial because of discovery rules. I mean, the, the prosecution has been burned a couple of times for not sharing evidence properly through discovery. Until prosecutors start getting punished for this, either with reversals or with sanctions, like apparently they're just going to keep doing it. It is a thing that the Fulton County like district attorney's office is doing, and it's not just this case. They will magically apparate a bunch of discovery at the latest possible moment and not when they immediately have it and it's leverage as far as they're concerned. You say you've seen it in other cases too? It's ha- happened in the YFN case, the sort of sister case to this, where uh, one of the defendants, Bloody Jay, uh, you know, they dropped the charges on him after a discovery demand by his attorney. Um, that trial, by the way, which has been delayed a year because of the YFN case or YSL case, uh, started jury selection last week. Mm. So one last thing in the same vein, and then I think we wrap up for today. But, you know, this Fonnie Willis news, there's accusations that she's had some sort of affair with one of the lead prosecutors on the Trump case, right? Nathan Wade is his name, is that right? That is correct. So we don't want to get into this the sorted details of this, obviously, but I, I would like to ask both of you if this could impact this trial at all. It's certainly making it harder for jurors to not pay attention to anything because that's kind of their their duties, right? They're supposed to bury their head in the sand in order to maintain a completely unbiased look at the landscape. How the hell are they supposed to do that when Fonnie Willis is a national figure in part because the YSL trial exists, among others, among others, of course. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to get into Fonnie Willis's personal stuff. I, you know, the problem is there's money on the line. Like, and the biggest, the bigger than YSL case, I'll say that. Like, prosecuting Trump, probably more important. Uh, the, the, the thing is, like, she's not saying no. And so, and as long as it's out there, like, that's the news story. Because we live in, like, the hellscape that is 2024, where this sort of thing is what people pay attention to. Um, the money is important. I care about the money. I care about the potential that she was funneling money to somebody who was ultimately funneling it back to her in the form of gifts. That's a problem. And it might be considered insult to injury, right? Because I'm seeing a new gynecologist and she was one of the um, 2,000 prospective jurors, you know, that was to be seen for the YSL trial. And the first thing she says about this trial, more than anything else, is like waste of taxpayer dollars. So imagine like like all of her other constituents, right? Like what are they thinking about when they're thinking about the YSL trial taking place? Maybe the first thought isn't like, oh, it's great to see you know, people being put to justice, that we're finally get a handle of like this this crime wave, the gang problem. The first thought that comes to their mind might be what a waste of my taxpaying dollars. And I don't think this news necessarily helps. No, because money. Because money. Well, any final thoughts? You know, there's still a lot of trial here. Um, and we haven't gotten to the, we haven't gotten to the most important witnesses, in my opinion. The police officers who had been investigating this case all along, like they really haven't testified yet. Um, none of the big, like Birdman, 
rich homie Quan, you know, there's a whole musical aside to this because at some point, like, basically the defense is going to say, music is on trial. This is what mm -hmm. it looks like. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's a lot of drama coming. Like, you know, and I'm just, I'm thinking this is the rest of my life now. This is what I'm going to be doing until I die. <laughs> That's my last thought about it. All right. Well, the rest of our adult lives are covered, and I'm at least glad to be on this ride with both of you. <laughs> Ditto. In the future, we may have some guests, some of the people that we've had on the show, some new people maybe that'll come in and sit with us and, and talk about this case. We'll be on every other week. And if you have any questions, anything you want to hear us talk about, I think the best way to probably handle that is to hit up George and Christina's Twitter handles. So can you guys just say what those are? My handle is Neon Flag. And mine is Mina and Lee. All right, with that, that concludes the very first episode of King Slime, The Discussion. King Slime is a production of iHeart Podcasts and Heirloom Media. It's written and produced by George Chidi, Christina Lee, and Tommy Andres. Mixing, sound design, and original music by Evan Tyre and Taylor Shacoin. The executive producer and editor is Tommy Andres. Our theme music is by Dun Deal. For more shows from iHeart Podcasts, visit the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.